This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hello there, everybody out in the galaxy. This is the From a Certain Point of View podcast, episode 33. And I haven't said this in a while, so I just want to remind the folks out there that if if this is your first time listening to us, we're here to bring you our Star Wars news, reviews, and points of view. I'm Josh. I'm Adam. And Adam, what have you been up to this week in Star Wars? I watched some Clone Wars and... uh started reading the traveler's guide to batu which is the first review copy that i've ever gotten of anything which is pretty exciting so i've been checking that out yeah it's got some cool stuff in it so we're gonna i'm gonna be looking at that this week and then we'll probably talk about it next week maybe i think uh not that i cleared that with you or anything yet but that was my thought so hey I'm, i'm good with it yeah but that's really about my star wars week uh what about you well, first of all, I do want to say I'm I'm excited to to jump into that book as well, um, because you know we're still planning on visiting Batu in September at Galaxy's Edge, so you know it'll it'll be interesting to get a deeper look into that before going there. Um, so I'm excited about that as well. Uh, as far as my Star Wars goes this week, I watched the first two episodes of Jedi Temple Challenge um, on the the YouTube channel. And totally I forgot continued, to watch that. <laughs> right. So we'll have to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I continued my Rebels uh, season two rewatch. Um, and then this morning watched uh, the latest gallery episode of The Mandalorian. And, um, and yeah, that was that was about my my week in Star Wars. I, although I also listened to that the interview you had with uh, Tatooine Sons about star yeah. wars gaming yeah. um really really enjoyed that and um i started to listen to it was force of light entertainment they were on with uh was it who were they on with talking about the oh just the other day uh, yeah that was a uh, scarif that was guys scarif yep. yeah yeah um Rowan so Brad. that yep. was really interesting and I, I need to finish that one up too yeah, yeah, that was a great talk. Uh, I hung mm-hmm. out for that one on the live show. That was that was a really fun conversation. So, yeah, uh, yeah, and then yeah, getting to, to talk with David. I mentioned that last week, uh, but yeah, it came. The actual episode came out on Thursday, I think, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a lot of fun talking with David and, and chatting him up about uh, gaming. And we talked a little bit about. We're going to mention this later. We talked a little bit about Project Maverick, which we found out what that was. And yeah, uh, yeah it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a, it was a good conversation. Um and you know, as we also had a, a poll this week and the the question we asked was, you know, in light of our conversation last week, we we asked the question, name name a favorite performance or a favorite maybe moment that featured a a black actor or actress in Star Wars and, and we had a lot of great responses. Uh, um yeah to that and and adam i know you were going to read a few of them for us so let's yeah hear. and i also tallied it up and just to kind of get us you know who was the quote-unquote winner um but there was actually some really good ones that i didn't even uh, really think about you know uh which is mm-hmm. weird uh spice <clears throat> uh said james earl jones on bestman has to be mentioned his voice is so iconic and it is and i that's not something i yeah, thought I about until I, yeah, yeah right Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are some other voice actors, a uh, nerd herder throughout two, uh, two great ones. Um, they, they also mentioned, uh, you know, John, Billy, uh, Donald, Sam and Nomad. Uh, but then, uh, they also threw out some love for Elizabeth, uh, Grillen. I'm not sure if I pronounced her name right. She was a second sister in Jedi Fallen Order. And okay, Deborah yeah. Wilson was Seer. Mm-hmm. So two great uh performances there those were amazing characters in that game yeah for sure a lot of lando gifts in this thread uh <laughs> there was a lot of lando gifts um and then i wanted to throw out a uh, rogue squad 2 uh gave us our only mention of carl weathers grief carga yeah i was hoping to see him show up on there somewhere yeah and uh a lot of finn love too but we'll get into that right now i'll give you the results i 
some people threw out two, uh, like two in their answer. And if they threw out two, then I counted it twice. It's our poll. We get to make out the rules. I don't care. That's true. Um, it's not like we're deciding <laughs> the fate of the world here. No. Um, <laughs> but uh, as far as ca- uh, characters go, Lando actually took it. Um, mm-hmm. So he actually ended up with a total of 12, 12 votes and Finn came in a close second with 11 but if you're breaking it down by actor, which I did also, John Boyega uh, gets the crown there. Yeah. And that's mainly because, you know, Lando was a little split between Donald Glover and Billy D. Williams, I think. so. Sure, sure, that makes sense. I mean, I definitely love all of these performances. Um, you know, John Boyega definitely stands out for me. It's it's what I kind of posted and replied with. Um, just, I, I think he just did a phenomenal job as Finn. I, that character in particular in The Force Awakens like immediately pulled me in. It was immediately relatable. Um, it's kind of that, you know, that relatable character, that everyman kind of character. Um, and just the energy and the excitement and the humor that he brought to the role. You know, I felt like he was almost going to be that lead character. And we see him with the lightsaber at first, you know, and we wonder, is he going to be the one who becomes the Jedi, you know? So I just thought he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I was really glad to see some love for voice actors. Uh, yeah, in that yeah. thread as well. So, good job, everyone Absolutely. on Twitter. There were like thirty-three different responses. I think was the final count. So that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a nice response. So, Adam, what else is going on on this week's show? Yeah, we got some news this week. Uh, we're going to split that up. There's some more. TV news, of course, it seems to be every week. Uh, there's some video game news, like I mentioned. We're going to talk about Project Maverick and uh, some parks news. We're getting a new uh, Disneyland opening, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. And then we got a new book announcement this week, so we're going to dive into From a Certain Point of View on From a Certain Point of View. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> also, the reason I will never get good Google <laughs> results. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, well, I love our name anyway. Yeah, yeah, we're sticking with it. That's right. Cool. All right, so you ready to head into the news segment? Yeah, let's do it. Well, you want the bad news or the really bad news? Kicking off the news segment this week, uh, I just wanted to mention... Uh, we, in the past, uh, you, I'm sure you guys have all heard, we've been affiliated with Far, Far Away News uh, due to some things that happened around that website, and specifically uh, the owner of the website, we've stepped away from them. Uh, as of early this week, uh, we're just going to be getting our news wherever we can get our news now, uh, just like how we started. So, uh, But I just wanted to throw that out there. You know, that stuff's on our previous episodes. I'm not, we can't really change that. But... Um, Going forward, uh, we have stepped away from Far, Far Away News, and we're just going to kind of sling at the hip, I guess, <laughs> for our Star Wars news now. So, And I'll go ahead and start with uh, our first news article for this week. came from one of my favorite Star Wars news websites, and that is Star Wars News Net. Um, I actually got the pleasure of writing this article yeah. um, that... that Sometimes, you know, it it really comes down to timing. You know, if something breaks at a time when I'm available and I can jump on it before anybody else does, I get to write it, you know. So the timing was right for this one. And yeah, um, that's why I threw that one on there for sure. (laughs) Yeah, and it is. I appreciate that. And um, it's all about the first two episodes of Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge um, being on the YouTube kids channel and StarWarsKids.com. It was delayed by one week. And but you know this this past Wednesday, on the tenth, that those first two episodes premiered. Um, I'm I'm guessing we're going to be getting episodes every Wednesday. I, there are ten episodes in in total, and um, you know we see the return of Ahmed Best to Star Wars as he plays the role of Jedi Knight Keller and Beck um, in this Star Wars game show, the first of its kind. Um, so Adam, I know you didn't get to check these out yet. Um, yeah, totally forgot about it. It came out Wednesday. Right. Got busy on Wednesday. What was it? Wednesday? Something like that. Yeah. 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 And I yeah. got busy and I forgot to come back to it. But yeah. And, you know, I, I have to say, um, 
I, I absolutely loved these first two episodes of the show. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was very reminiscent of Legends of the Hidden Temple for me, which is what exactly what I wanted. We talked about this, you know, a couple months ago. Yeah, that was kind of exactly what I wanted it to be. And, um, you know, I just thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Sydney watched it she, with uh, with Brittany and I and she had her eyes glued to the screen as well and was excited about it. So I just thought it was great. I love Ahmed best and and how he kind of appears in the show and then the the droid provides a lot of humor as well so yeah i was excited to see that kevin scott wrote some stuff for that too yeah yeah that was that was interesting Mm -hmm. yeah and and also um there's this dark side voice that kind of appears in the temple to to tempt the the kids okay to use the dark side and and i i was thinking to myself this voice sounds very familiar so i paused on the credits at the end and it was sam witwer oh um, nice. okay yeah who awesome. you know of course was the voice of of darth maul um and and he appears as this dark side voice in the show so yeah i really i really enjoyed them um adam you'll have to check them out and yeah, if definitely. you want to get an even deeper dive into the show or into kind of what ahmed best went through with toxic fandom and and the emotional stress he went through um clayton sandell kind of released an article where he went a little deeper into that on yeah. goodmorningamerica.com. So that's also attached to the article I wrote on Star Wars Newsnet. Awesome. Um, but but moving on from from that, we have another piece of news in the in the world of TV talking about The Mandalorian season 2. And um season 2 brought in extraction director um and Marvel director Sam Hargrave to direct season two action sequences. So um, it says Hargrave, who most recently directed Chris Hemsworth in Extraction, um, revealed his position in an interview with Collider and spoke openly about he, he, how he got the job as well as his time on the set. Um, he also served as a second unit director on Deadpool 2, Avengers Infinity War, and Endgame. Um, so what are your thoughts on this kind of them bringing yeah, in this I second... Mean- director for you know for the purpose of action i don't know if you saw yeah. extraction uh um, no that's on that's a netflix one right yeah yeah um okay no i didn't get a chance to see that one um i mean tighter action sequences sounds great to me uh yeah i thought the action sequences were pretty tight in the first season so mm-hmm. um improve on that even more yeah uh, go for it yeah I, it seems like they're trying to improve the Mandalorian was season two and in, in any way that they can, you know, bringing in different characters, um, working on the, the story, bringing in, you know, trying to improve the action. I think, you know, it's always hard to top that first season of, of a show, especially a, like a, a show like the Mandalorian, which had a fantastic first season. And I think they're really trying to top it in any way that they can. Um, I did watch extraction and the action in that is just the way it's directed was just phenomenal. It reminded okay. me a lot of like John wick type action. Um, uh, okay. And you know, it was, I can see him doing some good work on this. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Awesome. Yeah. How that comes through in the episodes, but yeah, um, moving on to games, we have a little bit of news in games as um, it, well, first of all, this this first came out as a yeah, leak, kind of leaked on, on Reddit. Right, right. There was a, a leaked image from it was like the, Xbox the Xbox store. Yeah, Xbox store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it was the reveal of Project Maverick, and we got an image that says Star Wars Squadrons, and then EA kind of officially put that out on Twitter. Yeah, um, I think that was just kind of like, well, crap. I guess we <laughs> we gotta make this. This was leaked. We better yeah. put this out there. Yeah, that the and um, the reveal trailer of Star Wars Squadrons is going to be hitting on Monday at 8 a.m. Um, Pacific time. So yeah. on YouTube. So we'll get we'll get a, a better look at the game. Yeah. So before we move on from I think from this, I think this was coming was, anyway, uh, honestly. And um, this would have been. Had coronavirus not hit, this would have been the time that E3 was, was going on. Uh, so this was going to be coming out around now anyway you know yeah i agree so i I mean it it was leaked but i think that this was planned Mm -hmm. within it was probably going to be coming monday regardless you know yeah yeah 
I think it just got so, out a little early. But yeah, yeah this is E3 uh -huh. time. This is the time where these announcements are normally made. So this is it's pretty normal timing. It's just it, it came out just a tad bit early, I think. Yeah, and Adam, I know when we had talked about Project Maverick and we kind of had had suspicions that it would be like a Rogue Squadron type game and, mm -hmm. and now it's been revealed that it is Star Wars Squadrons. Um, what hopes or wishes do you have for this game? What do you want it to be like? You know, what, do you want it to cover multiple eras? You know, what, I don't know about multiple. For? No, I don't. I, I I really don't know about multiple eras. I I really want just tight dogfighting controls. Um, mm -hmm. Take the battlefront model and just you know improve it, expand upon it, make it uh, make it feel just as fluid as possible. Um, Online dogfighting would be great. I would like some uh, single-player story, like missions, yeah. kind of like the old Rogue Squadron games. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for. I, so I would you, love to be able to customize my own X-Wing. You know, if I get my own X-Wing and I can maybe change the hull color and stuff like that, you know, kind of. That'd be cool. Customize yeah, almost like, almost like, a, yeah, like a black, awesome. you know, like Poe with his black Yeah, that's what I was thinking maybe, of. You know, you could kind of you know get some like maybe custom stickers or something based on achievements in the game and then you can throw stickers mm -hmm. on the side of your hall you know that type of thing so yeah i really like that idea i hope we get some customization i, I definitely am hoping for some single player story slash missions and then some multi online multiplayer mm -hmm. hopefully as well um do you think this is going to stick to the original tri trilogy era then you mentioned you didn't think it probably won't go across multiple eras do you well, think i don't know if it will empire and rebellion or i think it'll be like i i almost wonder if it'd be like post jedi type thing you know as, as we're dealing with like imperial mm -hmm. remnants I, I, I think it might be like around that if i had to guess if i had to put money on it i would i would guess then i think that's a i think good the guess. battlefront games have already kind of exhausted you know that yeah time that like like exactly during the civil war and then exactly during the clone wars i think it would go just a little bit outside that and i think lucasfilm has been showing that they want to do their own thing now and right. you know explore other time periods that maybe haven't been yeah explored so yet. so it could so i, I think in the, those yeah those years post uh post the civil war i, I think that makes sense for for something like this so that's where my money is anyway. Awesome. Um, well, I guess we'll find out more on Monday, but I guess I have one more question for you. If you had to pick like one ship to pilot, you know, it could be, it could be a TIE <laughs> fighter. It could be an yeah. X-Wing, A-Wing, U-Wing, whatever. Um, if you could pilot one ship in real life, what would it be? I, uh, I just answered this question for talking with my hand, uh, with my uh, Hans uh, YouTube channel to put this question oh, out okay. on Twitter. I just have to go with a regular old X-Wing, I think. The X-Wing, yeah. The classic. Yeah, I mean, I love the X-Wing, but I fell in love with the U-Wing in Rogue One. Okay. Um, for some reason, I just love the design of that ship. I, I, I'd have to go with the U-Wing. Uh, okay. So we'll see if I get to fly one of those in this game. But but yeah, that, that wraps it up for our news and, and games for this week. And we now have another article, um, another piece of news about the parks. And there are now plans for the opening of Dis Disneyland. Um, mm -hmm. We already had some plans released for Disney World in Orlando, yeah. And now they've released plans for for Disneyland as well. Um, you know, I think they were a little bit behind, but um, I know the the uh, Disney California Disneyland Park and Disney California Adventure Park will plan to reopen on July seventeenth. Downtown Disney on July 9th. Um, Disney's Paradise Pier Hotel um, in Grand Californian plan to reopen on July twenty third. So. Um, of course, theme park capacity will be limited and they'll have a, a new reservation system that you'll have to go through, which is kind of what we're going to be going through as well um, to go into Disney World. So I, I know that the, their plan for Disney World has been to reach out to people that already had tickets and try to get reservations with those people and then open up more ticket sales after they do that process. So right. what are your thoughts on this? I am excited to see this stuff open up. I am interested to see what the the, uh, the logistics looks like because it's gonna be mm -hmm. it's gonna be like you said it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Um, 
And then we're going to be dealing with new new systems here, reservation systems, stuff that they haven't ever dealt with before. So there's going to be some adjustment here, and I'm interested to see how they handle that and what happens, you know, uh, with all that stuff going forward. So, and then not only that, but once you get into the park, there's going to be some interesting uh, adjustments to be made with distancing and and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. Uh, getting in as far as you know, taking temperatures, I know that that's that's on the docket. So, yeah, a lot of stuff yeah, to accommodate and to adjust to, and it's going to be interesting to see how that happens in the days and weeks uh, immediately after opening. Yeah, I know I've been watching some YouTube videos on the the openings of like Universal and 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 Disney and everything and you know, you're definitely going to be looking at temperature checks, wearing a mask, um social distancing measures like certain areas that you can stand on when you're in line and to keep that social distance and everything and I think they're even going to be using like virtual queuing a lot more for waiting in line for rides, you know, and uh using your your cell phone to virtual wait in a virtual line basically yeah, so yeah exactly a lot of those types of measures and finally in our last piece of news we have um the fr- directly from starwars.com it says 40 years of star wars the empire strikes back 40 authors retelling its story sounds good to us the anthology series from a certain point of view is set to return with, from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back, celebrating 40 years of Episode 5 and arriving on November 10th. Like its predecessor, The Empire Strikes Back will feature 40 stories by 40 authors reimagining the classic sequel through the eyes of background characters, heroes, villains, droids, and creatures. Um, so I am very excited about this. I get, they kind of stole our, you know, our name. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Probably stole it from them. Yeah, um, yeah we stole it first. But yeah, what are, what are your thoughts about we, this? I mean, we can always be Han and steal it back for good. We could. We yeah, could. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take um, some blasters in there. I'm excited for it. I, I like the first one. It, um, there's always that quote, Star Wars is best when it's weird, and I think that the, the first book definitely fits into that category. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, we've talked about this, like you said, for a while, and came a little later than i thought it would come uh, you know it's just seeing as how we've already passed that that anniversary date and all that stuff but yeah it's cool it's still on its way um yeah at first i thought this is what project luminous was going to be yeah you know, i'm, I'm right. glad i'm right. glad it w- didn't turn out because i'm excited about the high republic but that's what i thought right. at first that it would be this you know yeah um so what kind of stories would you like to see here with this one like what kind of characters or creatures you know first thing that came to my mind was like seeing a chapter from the space slugs point of view like oh, yeah, i'm sure you're gonna get it oh the ship th- i mean flew if, right if, into if, my if throat. we can get a yeah if, <laughs> if we can get a uh a story about the dianoga and <laughs> new hope and then we're gonna get a story about yeah. the space slug um i think Anything the first thing that i mind? thought of would be like a lobot story oh yeah. yeah so i like that idea i was thinking about boba fett too like I bet we'll get a, a chapter right. from Boba Fett's point of view. Um, uh, Semper Fi Danny and Black Squadron in the chats uh, both said that uh, they feel like they're getting these announcements as an indication that Celebration is canceled. And uh, the book, I, 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 the book, I think, can lend that. Like I said, with the game, though, Maybe. I, I think that the game was going to be this time of year regardless. Um, yeah. I don't think I that- guess... I th- I thought about it in the opposite way. Like I thought about the opening of Disney and every Disney parks, you know, I was thinking, does this maybe lend itself to them finding a way to still have celebration? I know it's a completely different situation because it's going to be harder yeah. to distance people at a convention. So, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's I'm not sure it be will be to post- distance people at a theme park either. Um, no, but, yeah. but, but it is a smaller, smaller, it's tighter space. So, yeah, and it's indoors versus yeah, outdoors, right. and right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I if I were to bet, I would say that they probably will postpone celebration. That's that's a safe bet, and I don't I don't know that I I don't know about canceling either. Like you said, postpone might be a good thing if it happened mm-hmm. maybe later in the fall. Um, yeah, and, or bump know, it to they, April like they normally have it. You know, yeah, something like that. So, um, but yeah, the book I, I can see that being a, an indication of a cancellation or a postponement, but um, the game, I don't think was an indicator of that. 
Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the chat here. Um, I'm seeing um, Stephen Miller saying uh, also something from Yoda right before Luke shows up. Like uh, one of the things I loved about the first from a certain point of view was um, the conversation between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and everything. Um, So I would love to see like maybe we get some extended scene, some extended conversation between Obi-Wan and Yoda um, surrounding like the training of, of Luke and everything. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Especially after the revelations of of the first one. And if you haven't read it, I'm sorry. Um, But in the first one, we found out that Yoda was really looking forward to training Leia, not Luke. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be Mm -hmm. interesting to see, you know, as, as it gets closer to Luke showing up with that. What What if it picked up right after Luke's ship took off? And right after Yoda says there's another, and then Obi-Wan and Yoda have this conversation about that or Maybe something. Maybe we'll get both. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else on, from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back? That's a great podcast. Oh, it oh, is a great oh, po- oh, oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're ready to head to our review segment. My disappointment in your performance cannot be overstated. All right, episode seven of Disney Gallery is here. We only have two more episodes. Well, one more after this. Um, But this is the score. This is all about the music of um, Mandalorian. And I was talking to Josh um, before we went live, and I said, I have never seen Ludwig Göransson, like, like, in person before what he looked like and i i he's not what i imagined i guess <laughs> and i don't yeah. know if it's because you see like a composer's named ludwig and i automatically think he's gonna look like beethoven i don't i don't know right, right right um but it was, it, was, it was caught off guard and he seems like a really cool guy uh really down to earth the beginning of that episode was basically the mandalorian unplugged uh, you know mm-hmm. that could have happened on mtv and yeah seriously it was really cool. I mean, it's just him in his this like crazy studio that he has, and he he, he kind of starts. He says, "Yeah, I, you know, I just bought a bunch of these flutes," and you know, he starts when he broke out like that yeah. recorder. I was like blown away. Yeah, yeah. So he so he starts on this flute, and then you know he he, he moves over. And he goes, "Oh, okay." Well, then I and then I started on a drum, and he mm-hmm. starts banging on the banging the beat out on the drum, and then he's well, then I. You know, guitar is my first instrument, so I, I'm sitting here playing on guitar, and then piano, and then he goes to a bass guitar to double the bass line, and it's like, geez, almighty, yeah. this is, <laughs> it's like a one man right. band, you know. And the way it just all came together, you know, and the way all those different pieces fit into the final product, I, w- I was really just blown away by this episode. It can be nice, says in chat. Beethoven was probably similar in in his day, and you know, that's yeah, a, that's a good point. You know, that's, that's a true. good point. That's like. Um, true. Just just seeing his process of how he how he's going, you know, back and forth between these instruments and getting that sound, and you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I could see that. That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah. Definitely. Um. So then uh, we we talked about uh, Ludwig starts talking about this interesting idea of having to tell the story through music because you can't see Mando's face. You know, we've talked yeah. before in this series about how. Um. Pedro specifically would have to, you know, get um, get his message out via like movements and head head nods and uh, all all this other stuff. And I never thought about having to get that story out through music. Also, and Ludwig talked about that and everything that he kind of put into his music uh, to make that happen. Yeah, that's a really good point because you know I, I didn't even think about the, the the music bringing out the emotionality of the, of the character and everything. You know, I thought that was right, really which is weird because I mean that's like the main thing that music would do, right? And that you know that's mm-hmm. something that's yeah. one of the main things that we should think about. But it's almost like there was an extra emphasis put on it here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know I talked a little bit earlier about his process and how just organic it was. You know how he's just pulling out these sounds but then he has this huge robot type thing that's all these different effects or you know um the effects switches and all this other stuff it looks like this it really looks like this computer terminal from like a 60s 
sci-fi yeah. movie show whatever yeah that was it was interesting and, and the, yeah. the kind of the combination of like tech like kind of that tech stuff with along with like organic instruments and everything kind of a very interesting combination for the sound that they were going for yeah and uh some of the names that he's picked out for some of this stuff is really, really funny. Uh, so the robot that we're talking about was really used for a lot of uh, Little Mousy <laughs> in episode six. Yeah. Uh, which is that prison break um, episode. Uh, and then he, in the first episode, he, I didn't know this, but the one track is called Hammer Time. <laughs> I know. I didn't, I didn't realize that either. He's uh, like, are we going to yeah. start with Hammer Time? And then... Yeah, when the armor is forging some of that armor, that, that music yeah. is actually named Hammer Time. And that, that Favreau got a little kick out of that. <laughs> yeah, he kind of looks at him. He's like, that's, what did he say? He was like, yeah. that's what that's called or something like <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um and so Favreau had me cracking up at, at another point where he, I think it was when he was showing off the recording on his cell phone uh, of what the theme would sound like. And he said something yeah. about like, you know, Ludwig composed this in his bathtub or something. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was just hilarious. It had me cracking up. Um, but they, they, they started talking about this little round table, the mini round table. They've done all these little round tables in the show. And this round table was mainly just Favreau, Filoni, and uh, Gordonson. And so they started mm -hmm. talking about uh, Favreau. Uh, actually, it was Filoni mentioned, you know, Star Wars fans have these little, their favorite movies. They have, their, they have different ways of interpreting things that happen in these movies and shows. And, you know, but the one thing that they all agree on is that the music is awesome. All right. Yeah. So yeah, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. So they started talking about how they they don't want to feel like they're repeating the music that came before, you know, they want to take some chances. Um and they definitely did. This is a very different score than anything we've oh, been yeah. used to. Very, but very different. They also came back to that orchestral feel. You know, it's not all just the recorders and the guitars. You know, they brought in the horns and they brought in the the brass and stuff and it was just like it was a very different thing, but it had that same feel in a lot of ways. And I think that's what made it fit like it did. Yeah. I mean, I think they took, you know, they took a big risk with having the score be how unique it was. And I, I think, I, I think there had to be, had to have been a, an immense amount of pressure on Ludwig. Um, and I think he handled it so well. Um, you know, I think he, he was pretty cool, calm and collected, despite the mm -hmm. fact that he's, you know, in the shadow of John Williams, um, but not trying to be John Williams, just trying to create something new, like he said um, on the episode, you know, and trying to create something. I think it, it has become just almost instantly iconic, that sound mm -hmm. of the Mandalorian. Um, but but yeah, it was definitely a big risk. Yeah, definitely. And then, I it was very interesting how they how they talked about every theme having its own episode, having its own every episode having its own theme, you know, um, mm -hmm. because so many like of these, different characters, yeah. different worlds, to, so they have to have their own sound. Yeah, so many of these episodes are almost like standalone in in some respects. You know, some of them are very very different with different characters, like you mentioned. Um, and then each one has its own feel for the music as mm -hmm. well. But then they all tie back together with that Mandalorian theme. And that's kind of that one thread that runs through the whole thing that ties it all together. Um, and then we, I wanted to, to end with this. This is kind of how the episode ended also. But then I wanted to talk about this a little bit further. Uh, Filoni starts talking about generations of Star Wars fans. We've talked about this on this show before. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, how we uh, how we have, you know the the original trilogy fans and the, the the people that grew up with that and then we move into you know he actually mentioned the expanded universe fans the people that grew up mm -hmm. with that uh then you have the prequels you have the clone wars is the mandalorian the next generation of star wars fans do you think yeah i i definitely think so i, I think it's already created its own very large following um you know and it but it's distinct it you know it's in and i think even john favreau said you know we're we're not we're not trying to like be 
Star Wars. We're we're trying to be kind of something else that's still connected to Star Wars, but it's its own thing. And um, I th- I think very much so. And I, I think Dave Filoni just showed once again his his understanding of yeah, no, Star he, Wars he fandom. Yeah, he he, he completely it. understands it. You know, he he mm-hmm. knows that there's these different kind of sects almost of of fans. You know, who who are maybe their original trilogy people, maybe they're prequel people, maybe they're expanded universe people, maybe they're a blend, um, maybe they're sequel people you know what i mean so like Mm -hmm. and i think one thing that was stated by either john favreau or dave filoni i'm not sure which one about how you know sometimes there's so much critique because there's so much investment and sometimes we when you do that you're trying to you're trying too hard and holding on too tightly Mm -hmm. and then you can't just have that fun and have that creativity and i think Star Wars can be great again and is great again when it's trying to just do its own own new thing and be fun and creative and and not trying too hard to to stick to something that already was, you know, and I think Dave Filoni's yeah. understanding of that is amazing. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Mandalorian is going to be that next generation of fans, even more so than the sequel mm-hmm. trilogy. You know, uh, this yeah, is something that's going to go on for, you know, probably uh, I think we're going to get four or five seasons out of the show. I think so too. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have what probably f- say 30 or 40 episodes of this. Yeah. Cause I mean, well, and, and if you think about the kind of following that a series like game of Thrones has or breaking bad or walking mm-hmm. dead, I mean, you're going to have that same kind of following with the Mandalorian, even though it's star Wars, it's going to have its own kind of following. I think, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I, I definitely think that that the Mandalorian is going to be that next main generation of fans, and I think it's going to even overshadow, mm-hmm. like I said, the, the sequels. So yeah, I think I, not I for think any this, and, and the, like I think ahead. the sequels You're divided a lot something. of yeah. There's I think that the sequels too. divided a lot. I think there's a lot of division there just because of the different generations and the different opinions about how different things should be handled, and it's tied mm-hmm. so closely to what we already know and love. Whereas this is kind of its own thing and it's really i think united fans and at least you can all get behind like baby yoda or the child whatever yeah. you, you know what i mean like there's that unifying thing behind yeah this, you know? but even beyond that like uh, it, it, there's just gonna be more of this you know like i said this is gonna be in our peripheral for the next however many years you know however mm-hmm. however many seasons they get out of this um we're gonna have you know just hour for hour more content here to sink our teeth into and I think yeah. that you know it's it's going to be more present, like the you know the, with with the uh, with the movies, you're going to get one of those every two you know for every other year for you know a total of six years. Um, but this is going to be like every you know every fall, you're going to be seeing mm-hmm. uh, a few yeah. months of this. So it's just going to be something that's going to be in our consciousness a little bit more in the forefront uh, than the than the movies were. I think. Yeah, and I, I think kind of the power of tv you know yeah i I think the movies are still going to be a big deal and everything but i think tv is the the next step for star wars you know what i mean i I think jumping into that world is is going to be the next big thing for star wars you know i think it's already begun so absolutely well i am ready to jump into listener questions are you yeah, let's let's go for it. I, there's some really fun questions here to to dive into. I never ask that question till after I've done it. <laughs> uh, I don't get to use that one very often, so when I do it, that's I love that. Yeah. All right, man. Um, I put out a, a couple tweets this week asking for some listener questions, and you guys did you guys did well. We got a lot to talk about. You guys here. showed up. It yeah, was great. Yeah, I love it. And if you're in chat, you didn't get a chance to ask a question yet. I know we've got a lot of people hanging out today. Uh, bring it in chat. We'll we'll uh, definitely dive into it. So, but let's just start right off with the top. Uh, Force Losers podcast asked us, "What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow?" Unfortunately, <laughs> I wasn't too familiar with it. I had no idea where this was going. Yeah. I was like, because you know, I'm not a huge Monty Python guy. I've you know, I saw it maybe bits yeah. and pieces of it once, but and unfortunately, yeah. I can't answer it either because he didn't specify if it was a European or an African swallow. So we're gonna have to well, get there. You go. Yeah, we're gonna have to get some more I'm clarification glad you on that. It. 
I'm glad you were able to take that one, Adam. <laughs> All right. Uh, Alberto from Radio Rebellion asks us, what do we think McClunky means? And instead of that word, uh, if we could change it, which one would I have added? Which one would we have added to Greedo's last moment? Yeah, I think that my question is, does it have to be just one word? Or can no. it be like a, a, few, a few words? Go for it. Go for it. You know, I was thinking about this, and we don't really swear on this show um, that much, <laughs> if at all. But I don't have, <laughs> I don't have a beat button. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think there, one of two things popped in my mind. Either he's giving them the big old middle finger F you, or, or just saying like, die die now or something yeah, like that. i looked this the... up when mcclunky first came out and it's something like it's something like that i, I forget it, it's a huddy's uh-huh. word and it's something like that like prepare to die or this is this yeah, is like, your end yeah, or something like that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um what would i replaced it with how about just nothing yeah <laughs> 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 It's interesting that that McClunky was put into there. Was was George Lucas was like gonna, wanting that? Back when that happened, I, like, can you imagine the the um, the contract talks back when he sold to Disney and right? It's like John I will Bob, do this if you put yeah, McClunky in. Yeah, <laughs> my only stipulation is that I get to add yeah. McClunky at some point in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it means like screw you, Disney. Or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe thanks for the billions and. <laughs> Have yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. See you later. <laughs> All right, uh, Cam Ray, uh, who was in chat earlier, he he he's dropping the funnies for us. But he asked us, "How does a scout trooper get back to his base on Endor after his speeder bike crashes?" He walks. He walks. He walks. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's a good dad joke. I like it. That is good. I like these dad jokes. Yep. Uh, Red Five uh, over Scarif. Actually, I'm reading their handle, but it's actually Scarif Podcast. Uh, gave us another little funny back and forth they had. Uh, Rose says, "Hey, mm-hmm. Brad, BB hungry," and Brad says, "No, BB ate." <laughs> and Cam jumped in again and said, "R two did too." Nice, uh, nice, <laughs> love it. And as Cam so politely pointed out, I didn't specify the quality of the jokes before we asked for these, so that's on me. I think they're high quality. <laughs> animals. Uh, the Spice Den sent us if there was this is a good question. Uh, if there was only going to be one more season of Star Wars TV ever made, what would you have that be and why? Would you go for an additional season of, exi- of an existing show or something brand new? This was really tough for me. This is tough. Um, this is like. This is like the deserted island question. You can take one thing with yeah. you, and that's all you get for the rest of your life, you know? Because it, for me, it really did come down to two, because I'm incredibly excited about the Obi-Wan series, um, but I'm also incredibly excited about Mando season two, especially if the rumors are true and they're pulling in these other characters like Ahsoka um, and, and everything, you know? Um, right, so right. initially, I was like, oh, I got to see season two of The Mandalorian. Like, that's the one. But it's like, but I also feel like Obi Wan is this going to be this like one contained mini series that could be kind of essential to the overall mm-hmm. story, uh, you know, in the timeline and everything in the canon. Um, if I had to pick one, I guess I'd have to pick Obi Wan. Okay. But I r- am really, really pumped for Mando season two. So that was a close second. Yeah. Um, I I was also thinking Mando, but it's. I really want to see what happens uh, with Rebel uh, with Rebels and and see what happens with Ezra and tie that sort. So I I think I would, I think I would have to go with uh, the Rebels sequel series. Maybe not another season of Rebels, but whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that would be past Rebel past Rebels. So tie that story up. Yeah, I mean, you know, and getting into my rewatch of Rebels, I, you know, I love it so much, and I would love to see that that story continue. So I'm, I totally get that answer. Yuppers. All right, uh, we are at uh, Sean uh, from the Star Wars by the by MRC Tech, another um, of our Red Five Gold Squadron members. Um, 
Sean asks, should the new movies include an episodic crawl, or should something new be created? And this goes back to, you know, the Rogue One talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I, th- I think he means actually even going forward. Uh, should we go back to a crawl, or should we do something new? Yeah. Um, I, I strongly felt that Rogue One should have had a crawl. You know this. I mean, I know mm-hmm. you don't fall on the same side. We have different points of view on that, which is cool. Um mm-hmm. Just because I felt like it, it tied so closely into A New Hope. But I think going forward, it, it should not be an opening crawl. It should be something new, kind of like what Solo did, um, where, where it was like it, it was sort of a crawl, but not exactly. It was a little bit different. Yeah, right. Yeah. What do you think? I think something new, something to set set them aside from from the episode, uh, from the episodic stuff. And uh, I liked how Solo handled that. So I would probably go with yeah. kind of what Solo did. Yep. Yep. I'm with you there. Yeah. I, I still would like Rogue One to have a crawl, but oh well. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Stephen Miller asked us, how many movies before we get a trilogy? And then uh, well, let's take this one by one here. Uh, so how many movies do you think we get before we actually get another trilogy? I don't know. Do you, I'll, I'll let you take this one first. Yeah. I don't think the next one's going to be a, a, the start of a trilogy. Um, I'm going to go two standalones before we get into another trilogy, so I think it'll be the third. I like that. Um, you know, I, I think that had the Benioff and Weiss series of movies gone forward, that would have been like a tr- trilogy. Um, but I think now they're kind of, you know, they have to replan everything and, and reapproach it. And I think, you know, just talks of bringing Taika in to direct a movie that sounds like it'll be just one single movie I mean I could be wrong yeah, um, so no, I, I, I agree but I do think we'll probably get a couple standalones before we jump into another trilogy so I'm with you on that one yeah uh, do you think and then will Disney focus more on individual films or will they go for something bigger right away and yeah, I think we just answered so I, I think we'll mm-hmm. I think we'll go for uh, uh, more independent stories first and then get into something bigger Right. And then what would I like? What would we like? Um, healthy mix of both. I yeah, think. I mean, I, I do like the standalone. Like, I, you know how much I love Rogue One. I mean, it's in my top three favorite Star Wars films of all time. So mm. I, I love what you can do with a standalone, you know, film set with, you know, some new characters and a different storyline. But um, I also love... I love trilogies. You know, yeah, I love having that right. beginning, middle, Something and the comeback to yeah, final. Yeah, um, so I'd love to see both. And you know. Stevens with uh, us, and he says uh, this is that that's his thinking as well. Uh, he, uh, he, I think uh, he thinks it's safer uh, to go with smaller uh, individual films. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and and I guess I that gotta ask comes you, down to, do you think yeah. is Ryan still doing a trilogy? I really think he will. Think I think so? he still will down down the line. I think, I think so they too. want to get enough separation between the Last Jedi and and the reactions to that. Get enough time, you know, away from that. Um, that's probably why they're taking their time with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, every time he's asked, he still says he's working yeah. on things. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I mean, agree. I have to wonder if if any of these Star Wars movies are ever going to like premiere on Disney Plus, or if they're going to go with theatrical. Mm-hmm releases you know just just based on what happened with with solo because if if it is going to be like a smaller type story like a one-off um you know i don't know are they going to go theatrical or or what i don't know i think i think for star wars they're always going to go theatrical yeah if it's an actual movie i think it's always going to be theatrical i just want to get to the point where we're going to have especially after what happened did you see what happened with artemis fowl on disney plus yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. rough. And I don't yeah. think that that would be a good tone to set, you know, for a Star right. Wars movie. So, um, I just want us to get back to the point where there's movies coming out again. You know, I feel like this is just yeah, a long yeah. gap in between the it Rise of Skywalker and the next, the next movie we're going to get. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Next question. Uh, Royal Farm Boy, aside of Star Wars, but maybe in relation to uh, what, which TV shows or series have caught each of our attention, uh, each of our attention or interest. And then he specifically mentions uh, Battlestar Galactica and Firefly. And I got to mm-hmm. say, I've never watched Firefly, uh, the, uh, which I know that's going to get me 
shunned in some circles, but that's okay. Um, Probably same for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll do it together. <laughs> uh, and I have watched Battlestar Galactica. Uh, if we're looking at specifically sci-fi shows, it, it for me, I always have to go back to um, Star Trek The Next Generation. That's like my probably my main but actually one of my favorite sci-fi shows is fringe which is a show that was on fox for a number of years i think it got about five or six seasons and it's really good stuff uh it's kind of like an x-files type show uh with, with uh you know the, the detective and some science in there and some cool paranormal paranormal stuff so it kind of x-files in a way but um some time travel and some alternate reality stuff in that show. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was really good. It was kind of across the board a little bit everywhere, um, but it was really good. Yeah. To be honest, I haven't gotten into like sci-fi TV series. Um, I just started watching the expanse. I've heard some good things about that one. Um, however, when I think about TV shows that I've really gotten into that have caught my interest. Um, you know, I've mentioned Game of Thrones several times. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I was so excited about Benioff and Weiss doing a Star Wars project, which unfortunately isn't going to happen now. But, um, you know, also Breaking Bad is one of my, my favorite series of all time. So I'd say those are, are my top two, Game yeah. of Thrones and Breaking Bad. And then if I'm sticking strictly to sci-fi, uh, I got to toss in Stranger Things there because that's just one of my Oh, yeah, Stranger shows. Things. I love that one. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then if, I, if it's not sci-fi, I have to talk about The Office because I love The Office. Mm -hmm. It's one of those few shows that I can watch over and over again and still laugh at all the same jokes and then find new jokes that I missed. Uh, right. Radio Rebellion says Alter Carbon season one is pretty good, weird but good. I've actually didn't make it through the first season. The first few I episodes did. didn't catch me. So yeah, same here. I didn't make it through the first season. I watched a few episodes and just yeah. for some reason it didn't didn't grab me. You know, the way and then Simplify Danny says that she just watched uh, Stranger Things for the first time two weeks ago. So so great. That's one of the shows if I could like erase my memory of, um, then watch it all over again. That would be one. Have of them, that you know have that first experience yeah. watching it again you yeah. know because oh man yeah. I, that first season i watched it once and then i immediately went back and watched it again just so good. cam ray is back he says we need star a star wars version of the office what would that even look like i'm telling you i know what exactly what it would look like yeah saturday night live matt the radar oh, like that type of thing okay i was gonna say like on an empire <laughs> shit yeah Set Set on a Star Destroyer. I could see, um, I could see yes, that. that I always wondered, I like, those two uh, stormtroopers at the end of the season, uh, episode eight of Mandalorian, um, you know, the ones that end up punching the baby and <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, would make something a, like that. Yeah. A good one, too, yeah. I could see yeah. that. Cool. Uh, Pizza and Parsecs, our friends over there, uh, another Red 5 show, uh, asked us, and this is a great question, and I had to really think about this one. If you had the opportunity to see a Star Wars film, any Star Wars film, from a single character's point of view, who would it be and why? So an example would be Padme in The Phantom Menace. The entire film would be viewed from her perspective. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I had to go with Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. Just to see where, where his head's at, where he falls in with Palpatine there, and uh, just what he's thinking leading up to his fall. I, I, I think I would mm -hmm. need to see that from his point of view the whole way through. Yeah, I mean, I had different thoughts, like, um, <clears throat> you know, maybe just seeing a, a film entirely from, like, Ben or... Um, you know, Kylo Ren's perspective or even Boba Fett in, during Empire Strikes Back. Like, it'd mm -hmm. be interesting to, to see that perspective. But the first thing that came to my mind and, and Radio Rebellion absolutely stole it from me. No way. Because um, I was going to say... <laughs> I was going to make a joke and chat about this. I was going to go this. with... This is exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say, I want to see a movie. Oh, man. I want to see The Force Awakens from Luke's perspective. <laughs> I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it. What the heck it. was he up to on that island? Like, he wasn't even green involved milk. in it. He, just, no, he's just, he just shows up at the end. Yeah. Just, nah, I can't. I couldn't do it. <laughs> like, that's Radio Rebellion. You nailed it. That's what I wanted to see. So that was my answer. Uh, good good job, it. Alberto. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't do it. I couldn't handle that one. I, <laughs> I would pass on that. <laughs> yeah. Can't blame you. 
All right. Uh, Red Five Network sent us a question, and uh, this code this was this is right up my alley. Thoughts on uh, our new technology that we haven't seen in gaming uh, yet. Uh, folks are saying that the new Star Wars game should be VR compatible. Uh, how far are we from a completely immersive experience? Hashtag Red Five Family. That's a great question. So, um, yeah, Ready Player One. That's yeah. I don't know how that looks. <laughs> how I like, close are we to Ready Player I, One? I honestly don't think VR is the is the big thing you know yeah i've personally never experienced i haven't experienced vr like i thought about trying to get playstation vr i thought about the oculus and everything um but i, I didn't know which one to go with and yeah. they're a little pricey so ultimately yeah. i just didn't you know i um, i am thinking about uh, grabbing an oculus at some point mainly for you know vader immortal and then for the mm -hmm. uh the batu experience whatever that is I don't know. Um, VR, I, th I think, has a lot of limitations, and cost is one of them. I think AR is something that, that is underrated that I think is going to be pretty important going forward. And so if, if you're not too familiar with AR, that's augmented reality. And if you're not familiar with that, think about, if you remember back when, Pokemon Go was a big thing. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things with, with that game was that you could kind of see using your camera, and a lot of people shut this off, but you could use your camera and you could see this, you know, Pokemon little monsters just pop up around you in the, in the real world, and it kind of imposed the Pokemon into your real world. So I think something like that, uh, where you're seeing things around you that are in your space, I think that's kind of the way that we're. I think that's kind of probably more immersive to me than even AR than VR at that point. VR, yeah. Um, Cameron yeah. mentions the Star Wars VR experience in Disney Springs is amazing, uh, which is very true. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah. But when I'm thinking no. AR, yeah. like kind of maybe think like Luke's you know blast blast screen on on his on his pilot helmet, um, mm. you know, where where uh, images are, are are imposed on that and you're seeing that around you but it, you know it's not like a full vr thing where, where your entire view is this computer screen i think that's i think that's uh more interesting to me than actual vr yeah i'm, I'm i think i'm with you on that so you know you, you so you have this shield you look down maybe at your hand and your hand has a lightsaber in it you know you, you mm -hmm. that type of thing so mm -hmm. yeah that'd be cool I like it. Any video game thought? Any video game tech thoughts for you? No, you know, I mean, I'm not a huge gamer. I mm -hmm. I play PlayStation Four, and I'm content with having a controller in my hand and and doing the that whole thing. But I'd love to step into an experience like what you were talking about, and you know, even if it's if it's at Disney Springs or something like that, and checking mm -hmm. that out. Um, so I, I think it'd be be really neat. Yeah. And Cam's mentioning, uh, as I was thinking about this, kind of what Cam's mentioning is is almost what I was thinking. Like if it's if it's VR, it's it's where you're doing something like that VR experience where you're actually in a full room that that's dedicated to that type of thing. Yeah, that's a little different, and it's almost like you're <laughs> like your own personal volume, you know, from Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. You know that that would be different. That I could. See. I find that. I find that very compelling, that idea. Yeah, but yeah. then there's also a little matter of cost on something like that. So Yes, yes. <laughs> Indeed. All right, our last question comes from Danny, and uh, she asks, of the sequel trilogy, which character's arc was the most and least satisfying? And of them, who do you most want to see get the Disney Plus spinoff treatment? So let's start. Great, let's great start question. with this. So most satisfying arcs for you of the sequel trilogy, if you could pick one. Um, it's got to be Ben Solo. Um, okay. Kylo Ren. I, you know, I think he, he has the most satisfying character and an arc um, of of the sequel trilogy for me. Mm -hmm. I can see that. I have to go with Ray. I think seeing where she came from from you know being a literal like garbage collector 
to mm-hmm. finding out she was nothing to finding out she came from the worst possible thing to owning all that and then deciding where she wants to come from. Uh, I think that yeah. for me is most important. So yeah, I go she's with right up that. there. She's right up there for me as well. I love it. Uh, least satisfying. I got to go with Finn. Um, I was thinking you know, about I, Finn. I, I think, man, like I, like I mentioned, The Force Awakens, Finn was my fa- favorite character in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just so excited about the possibilities for that character and, and where he could go. And and I felt like The Last Jedi, even though I love The Last Jedi, I fe- felt like that movie kind of failed Finn in a way in, in his character, even though at the end he ultimately decides he's not running away anymore. He's not just fighting for Rey either. He's joining the Resistance and he's a, he's about that life, I guess. But um, you know, I feel like even the rise of Skywalker didn't take his character to any other place in terms of an arc, in my opinion. Um, so I think Finn for me was uh, the most disappointing, least okay. satisfying, I guess. I, I, I thought about Finn, but I kind of have to go with Hux. I think Hux started as kind of like the, uh, I think for me, a, a decently compelling bad guy in Force Awakens to becoming a, a joke in The Last Jedi to becoming a traitor in Nine. And while I can see all that stuff connecting and making sense, it just yeah. felt really disconnected and weird for me. So I'm Yeah, his go character really fell, fell flat for me, at, you know, beyond the, beyond the first one. Yeah. Beyond The Force Awakens, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, so. Uh, and then the last part of that question, which of them do you th- most want to see get the Disney Plus spinoff treatment? I mean, the thing that's in my mind that I've wanted, and I don't think we're ever going to get it, but I, I want to see a young Ben Solo training with Luke Skywalker. Um, I want to see that Disney Plus series. You know, I want to see Luke's Jedi Academy and, and Ben being tempted by snoke and and turned to the dark side and and all that stuff i mean we got a little glimpse of that in the comic series mm-hmm. um the rise of kylo ren but I, i'd love to see that on disney plus yeah yeah i'd probably have to go with uh ray finn as well kind of the same things you mentioned going and starting mm-hmm. with the jedi again new jedi order so yeah that would be that would be what i choose also awesome and uh, Michelle Smith says in about 10 years she wants to see Ray and then Teenage Baby Yoda exploring the galaxy. That's a good call. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. There's, I mean, there's actually, there's, we got this covered, so that was going to be one of the films coming up, which take that for what it right. is. So, right, yeah. I don't know about that, but I would love to see it. <laughs> yeah, for I just sure. don't trust we got this covered. But hey, so, I, this was a lot of fun. Um, I really... In- thank everybody out there for the questions that we got. It was just a, a fun discussion. Yeah. You guys did great with the questions. Yeah, you guys stepped up and we appreciate it. Yeah. It made for a really great listener question show. So we're, we appreciate it. Thank you all. And, we'll uh, have to do this again sometime soon. Yeah. I was thinking about doing this next month, actually. Yeah. I like it. All right. You're ready to wrap up episode 33. Let's do it. I'm just glad you're here. All right. Thank you again for tuning in. If you're here live, I want to thank you as well. Uh, I want to call out everyone that I saw. I think I wrote down everyone as I saw them, but we had uh, Roar Farm Boy, Semperfy Danny, Stephen Miller, Mr. Rez, Cam Ray, Black Squadron Podcast, Megan Rickards, Radio Rebellion, Michelle Smith of uh, Force of Light. Hi, Michelle. And the Bosch blog. I'm pretty sure you know who that is, Josh. Yeah, that might be my wife. Thanks for showing <laughs> up, wife. I appreciate the watch. Yeah, so if you're here listening, watching live, or if you're listening and haven't subscribed yet, make sure you do that. Uh, make sure you leave us a review if you're on a platform like iTunes that will let you do that. Uh, those reviews help us get out to more people and get more people into the show, seeing what we're all about and what we do here. Check out the website, from a certain point of view.com. We had one blog article this week that I kind of reused. Uh, but that was about what I've learned in the first six months of first six months of podcasting. So check that out if you haven't already. Uh, the socials, certain POV pod. You can find us on Twitter, 
Facebook is from a certain point of view. Discord server, links for that are in the show notes and on the website. Our email address is certainpovpod at gmail.com. And our episodes are hosted by anchor.fm. You can send us a 60-second voicemail there if you would like. Send us a question. Uh, get your get your question in for the next round of, of listener questions. Uh, if you have a comment about anything we've said here, you want to correct us on on everything that we did wrong, uh, you can go ahead and do that through Anchor. <laughs> and then remember that we are part of the Red 5 Network. Visit red5network.com. Find them on Twitter at Red 5 Network. There is a group of really amazing podcasts there with all kinds of different topics. Uh, this past week, I listened to two shows about Jurassic Park, which was pretty awesome. I don't get to listen to shows about Jurassic Park very often. So... Um, Thank you to uh, to us, Salty Nerd and Force of Light for giving us those. So, Josh, where else can the good people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at JediJarJar1722 and uh, writing occasional articles when the timing is right on StarWarsNewsNet.com. Awesome. And uh, Dale Erdman just stopped in to say hi in chat, so I'll give him a, a hi here since I gave everyone else a hi. Yes, hello there. Uh, you can find me on the internet on Twitter, usually at the Gauze eighty five is where I do all my non Star Wars stuff. I've uh, in the past I've been writing for another site which I'm not writing for anymore, but I am getting back into some Disney blogging, so you can find that at distech.wordpress.com. So that wraps up episode thirty three. Josh, what do you think? Oh, it was a fantastic episode, Adam. We had we fun. had some great Great news to talk about. An excellent episode of the Disney Gallery, which has actually turned out to be one of my favorite episodes. I, I, I got really emotional with the whole music, really kind of brings that out in me. And um, we had some great fan questions to answer. So, all in all, episode 33 was fantastic success. And thank you all out there for hanging out with us, listening now or listening later. We appreciate it. And everything that we said today, of course, was true. From a certain point of view.